Blog Talk Radio. came to us in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, to whom praise is due forever. And we thank that one God for raising up his messenger and his Messiah, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And we thank the two of them for the man who is anointed and appointed for this hour of our resurrection and our rise, the champion of the liberation and salvation of the black nation, I speak of none other than the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in the name of Master Farad Muhammad, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I greet you, my beloved and beautiful black sisters and brothers and others, <laughs> with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Hotep, Alafia, free to land, what's up, and black laws for all black people. It is indeed my honor to be a part of history. It is indeed my honor to be a part of us writing history here tonight at Howard University and to be the guest of Unity Nation headed up by that great student warrior. He's not selling drugs. He's not a young man who can be found in the highways and byways of America actually involved in crime that the white man has set up for young black men and women to participate in. But he's a freedom fighter. He's a young student that is standing up for the liberation of his people and fighting for his people's resurrection and rise. Unity Nation now catching on all across the nation. Student organizations represented here tonight from Texas, from California, from Georgia, from throughout the Midwest and throughout the Eastern Seaboard. And so to be a part of this evening at this Black Holocaust Memorial, to Brother Malik Zulu Shabai as our host, to Dr. Tony Martin, Dr. Steve Coakley, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, to the representative of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in this city of Washington, D.C., Minister Sean Muhammad, to our regional minister, Dr. and Minister Arif Muhammad, a graduate of the Howard University Law School, to that great fighter who has laid a foundation in this area, Minister and Dr. Aleem Muhammad, to Minister Fariz Hadi, representing the Honorable Silas Muhammad. And I don't know if he is present, but our great elder, Dr. Robert Brock, Brother James Cameron, Sheikh Shabazz, Brother Duno, and others who have fought for us in this great struggle. In the Hall of Remembrance of the Jewish Holocaust Memorial, as my young son Farrakhan, who is seated here, give him a black hand, and Brother Malik. And Brother Malik, Zulu, Shabazz, and others who were with us as we stood in the Hall of Remembrance of the Holocaust Memorial. Thank you, son. 
We read the inscription on the wall of the Hall of Remembrance of the Jewish Holocaust Memorial. And let these words be imprinted on our hearts and in our minds here tonight. Only guard yourself and guard your soul carefully, lest you forget the things your eyes saw, and lest these things depart your heart all the days of your life, and you shall make them known to your children and to your children's children. I say the same for what you have heard and seen and will see here tonight. These esteemed scholars who have come before me, they have busted the statistics and dropped the realistics and now I'm going to kick the ballistics. <laughs> we set forth here tonight that the black holocaust is 100 times worse than the so-called Jew holocaust. Why do we even need to make a comparison? because it was all no good President Buck to Jimmy Carter who stepped out and stepped forward when they were beginning to prepare to build the Jewish Holocaust Memorial. It was Jimmy Carter who said that it was the most unspeakable crime in the history of all time. He made a statement of comparison. When we deal with General David Eisenhower, General David Eisenhower made similar statements that we read and we saw on the walls of the Jewish Holocaust Memorial yesterday, making the world to believe that this is the, was the most overpowering crime and atrocity against humankind in the history of all times. Everyone has come and said that it is the worst Holocaust that has ever existed, but all of a sudden when we come out on you, you now back down and claim that you never made a comparison. Well, tonight I'm going to make a comparison. We're going to lay the case out and see which Holocaust is the most dreadful, which Holocaust is the most vicious and bestial Holocaust, most bloody Holocaust ever recorded in the annals of time. But you want to deny us because you owe us reparations and you don't want to pay up today. the so-called Jew Holocaust. And I say so-called Jew because he's not a real Jew. He's a Johnny-come-lately Jew who just crawled out of the caves and hills of Europe just a few days ago. So you're not even a real Jew, buddy. The so-called Jew Holocaust lasted, you with me? Because i got to drop this stuff tonight because I'm a truth terrorist. I'm a knowledge gangster. I'm a black history hitman. I'm a lie killer urban gorilla. i got to be a roughneck. Got to be a roughneck. It's the only way I know to go. The Jew Holocaust lasted 10 years. But the Holocaust of the black man and woman lasted over 500 years. Let's look at it. One 10 years, one 
hundred years. Maybe I'm a little confused. Maybe I'm too much of a racist. Maybe I'm too much of a bigot and an anti-Semite when I'm really none of that. But maybe just by chance, ten years is greater than five hundred years. Let's kick the ballistics. You say you lost six million, and we question that. You say you lost six million, but for the sake of argument, we'll give you six million. We lost over 600 million lives in the African, the Black Holocaust, over the past 6,000 years, and over the past 400 to 500 years, in specific, maybe I'm a little bit confused. Maybe I'm too big a racist or an anti-Semite or a bigot. And maybe somehow six million is greater than 600 million. That possibility is there. You have your Schindler's list, which is really a swindler's list. Because you were involved in the slave trade. You were involved and you don't want to actually accept your involvement because you too want to escape reparations. You want to escape reparations and what is due the black man and black woman. Let's look at it. You talk about the death marches. My guide was a very nice lady, Miss Sarah Bloomfield. She worked very closely with my son, Farrakhan, and I as we were there. And we listened to Miss Bloomfield closely and carefully. We didn't go in for a show. We get, went in to study. We went in to do research. It wasn't a media event. We didn't even allow the media to go in with us so they would be following us around, looking at us every, at everything we were trying to feel and study. My son and I, we looked. Yes, we were sensitive to what we saw, pain and suffering. We're the chosen people of God. We are a spiritual people by nature, and we feel the pain and suffering of any people anywhere on the face of the planet Earth even the people who helped to put us in this condition. So maybe we need to reevaluate that. My son looked at some of the Germans killing the Jews, so-called Jews, and he said, this is sick, Daddy. And as we looked at it, feeling that, we saw where you talked about the death marches, where the Jews were forced in mass to move from one camp to the next camp from one ghetto to the next ghetto. But what about the death marches in Africa? What about the sons and daughters of Africa put on desperate death marches for economic gain and financial purposes as we were marched hundreds of miles, some of us dying in the heat of the sun, trying to move us from the east coast to the west coast, trying to move us from southern Africa back to a coastal area or from the northern region to a coastal area. What about the massive death marches that took our lives on the African continent? They said that by the summer of 1942, there were over 400 ghettos 
we question that. That the Jews were forced and confined into over 400 ghettos. Well, you might have 400 ghettos in just one state, one county. You are removed from your ghettos of Warsaw and Krakow. You are removed from your ghettos, white Jew. But these, the sons and daughters of Africa, we are still in the ghettos of white America to this very day that we sit here tonight. We are still in our ghettos. You talked about how they had to build overhead sidewalks. The Jews were not allowed to walk with the Germans. They built overhead sidewalks. Well, the black man and the black woman, we were not allowed to walk on the same sidewalk with the cracker. When old snuff dippings of Bacatuan saw to him overall wearing pecker wood was on the sidewalk, we had to jump out in the street and let the pecker wood walk on the sidewalk. They even had what was called laughing barrels. If we were talking and something was funny to us, we couldn't even laugh openly. We had to go and open a barrel up. I've seen some of them in Charleston, North, in Charleston, down in the Carolinas, and stick our head down in the barrel and laugh so that when we came back up in the presence of white folks, we were straight faced. Let's look at it. You built your Holocaust Memorial, cost over $200 million. That's what Brother Dr. Brock is talking about. That's what Brother James Cameron is talking about in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who is working to set up the Black Holocaust Museum there because of what happened to him and his pe all of our people, but him in the summer the month of August of 1930, where he was with his two friends, 16, 18, and 19, accused of raping a white woman, which they did not do. You've seen the picture of the brothers hanging there. And Brother James Cameron was the one of the three that escaped the hangman's noose. And now he is setting up, he is now setting up the Black Holocaust Museum in Milwaukee and we should work to help him set it up and we should set them up all over America. Two hundred million dollars to set up your African Holocaust Museum because the space should be ours. The two million should be ours. That's the point I'm making. It should be our African Holocaust Museum. But you with a swindler's lips, have swindled us, have stolen our birthright, and now our African Holocaust Museum, you claim it. They told me that you get $21 million yesterday, they said, a year, just for operating expenses alone. $21 million from the government of the United Snakes of America just for operating expenses. Every year, your Holocaust, you say, took place in Germany, took place thousands of miles for here, but no museum, no Holocaust, 
no 200 million, no 21 million, not even $1,000, not $1 has been put aside. And our Holocaust took place and is still taking place right here on this soil here in the hills of North America. You say you were herded away in boxcars. Where's the photo? Bring it around, Brother Steve. You were herded in boxcars. We were brought in the holes of slave ships. You say it was 1619, but white folks do lie. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan teach us that we came here in the year 1555. We didn't come on the Nina, the Pinta, nor the Santa Maria, not that way. And we didn't come on the Mayflower. We didn't land at Plymouth Rock. We got hit in the head with the damn rock. We came in the holes of ships to be made burden bearers for white America, stacked and packed like sardines in a can and like cockroaches in a Coke bottle. We lost over 150 to 200 million black lives just in the Middle Passage, just coming over between Africa and America. We have not only experienced a Holocaust, but we have paid a hell of a cost. I didn't come here tonight to be soft at a black Holocaust observance. The white folks and the so-called white Jews, you've gotten me busted. And I accept the discipline and the judgment of my spiritual father, leader, teacher, and guide, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. There is no division in the nation of Islam. I follow a divine chain of command. I'm saying, oh, there it is. There it is. I follow a divine chain of command, but you've gotten me busted. So I'm no longer national assistant, no longer national spokesman, no, no longer national representative, no longer even a minister in the nation of Islam. So nothing I say now can you attempt to use against God's man, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. None of my words can you attempt to use against him. You took a calculated risk that I would turn on my teacher. Thirty years ago, we played out this same history with the history of Minister Malcolm X, El-Hajj, Malik El-Shabazz, Brother Omar Wali, and the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. During the 60s, but the 60s is a nine turned upside down. And these are the 90s. We're going to turn the six of the 60s right side up in the 90s and put a positive period behind that history of Elijah and Malcolm. There is no Malcolm without Elijah, and there is no Khalid without Farrakhan. Make no mistake about it. So you've gotten me busted, but you can't use my words against my teacher and my spiritual father anymore. 
and you've gotten me busted and now I'm going to go buck wild on your behind. I'm not giving you no kind of break today. All praise is due to Allah. Go and buck wild on you today. Free me up here. Free me up here. I'm going to be like a pit bulldog. And you know when a pit bulldog bites you in your backside. And that's the way I'm going to be on the Jew. That's the way I'm going to be on the rest of these pecker woods and crackers. I came here tonight to be strong. I didn't come to lighten up. I came to tighten up. Didn't come to pin the tail on the donkey. I came to pin the tail on the honky. That's why I'm here tonight. All praise is due to Allah. All praise is due to Allah. Good evening. This is the truth hour. And don't you touch that dial. You stay tuned in to the truth hour. I'm going to lock my jaws in the backside of these no good imposter perpetrating the fraud Jews behind and the rest of these crackers behind. And you know when a bulldog bites his jaws locked. <laughs> and only Farrakhan has the keys to unlock these jaws. Only Farrakhan has the keys to unlock these jaws. Before it's over, you will go to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and beg him to put me back on post. Jay West, Jay West, Jay West, golly gee, Farrakhan, Farrakhan, can you get him back on post? Get him off of us, Farrakhan, please, because I don't give a damn about you. I don't care about these damn cameras. I don't care about your newspapers. I don't care what you say about me. I was born to give you hell from the cradle to the grave. That's what I'm born for. All praise is due to Allah. call him Pastor Jew, beg the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Not only will the other white folks beg him, but these half-baked, half-fried, boot-licking, butt-licking, butt-dancing, bamboozled, hat-punkified, sissified, pasteurized, homogenized niggers and Uncle Toms will beg him too before it's all over. Oh, boot-licking Major Owen. Oh, boot-licking Charlie Rango. Oh, boot-licking, buck-dancing, scratching, shuffling, messy Jesse Jackson. Who keeps, who keeps. I am a somebody. I am a somebody for keep hope alive. I am a somebody, I don't rightly know who the hell I am. 
but I'll NAFTA? What after NAFTA? Except more white folks' laughter. Green eggs and ham. Green eggs and ham. I am Sam. Damn. Black people put in slavery. They robbed us of our names, our language, our religion, our culture, our God, our folkways, our mores. Robbed us of the very power of our own being. No Jew on the face of the planet Earth can say that you were robbed of your name, your language, your religion, your culture, your God, your folkways, your mores, your norms. If you do, you are a damn liar. And as Jesus said, the truth is not in you. You make me sick. Always got some old crickly wrinkle cracker that you bring up. Talking about this is one of the Holocaust victims. Dr. Jeffries is a Holocaust victim. My son Farrakhan is a Holocaust victim. Dr. Tony Martin is a Holocaust victim. Our brother, what's your name, brother? Brother who? Brother Jackson Bay is a Holocaust victim. Minister Sean is a Holocaust victim. God damn it, I'm looking at a whole audience full of Holocaust victims. All of you, you and you and you and you and you, all of you are Holocaust victims. Every last one of you is a Holocaust victim. No good, dirty, low-down bastard. I wouldn't want to be you. That's the way we have to be. You have to give these bastards hell, every last one of them. And there will come a time when we won't even allow you to come in the goddamn door. We'll run you out of here with your cameras and everything. We will run you down the streets of the cities of America. We look at them participating in the Black Holocaust in South Africa. 
A damn blood can be flying everywhere. And here's some cracker with a camera right in the middle of all of it. A body falling to his right, a body falling to his left, and this cracker's there with a camera. There'll come a time when we'll make you run off and leave these damn cameras. I don't care nothing about them. Your problem is you're too weak-hearted, you're too chicken-hearted. Some of us, not all, but some of us. I don't teach my babies, my baby about no Christmas addicts. Christmas addicts was the one who first to die in the American Revolution. The nigga should have died. I teach him about Nat Turner. I teach him about Denmark Vesey. I teach him about Gabriel Prosser. I teach him about Tucson Lovatour. I teach him about Henry Christoph. I teach him about Gasoline the Ferocious. I teach him about Will the Executor. I teach him about Bookman. I teach him about Nzinga. I teach him about Kandase. I teach him about Queen Ya Asantewa. I teach him about the warriors and the freedom fighters. I teach my baby about Colin Ferguson, who caught the New York Railroad train just a few days ago. And I say to every one of you, if you leave Colin Ferguson in that jail to be beat up by these crackers, and now it has come out by some of the black officers that this happens all the time, where they set black inmates up in these jails and penitentiaries, and in particular there in Nassau County and pulled all the black officers out and the black inmates so they could jump on Brother Colin Ferguson because they were mad with him for catching the Long Island train and killing all them white folks. I love Colin Ferguson. I have no official position, so I can say I love him. I love Colin Ferguson. And I say to every one of you with your red, black, and green, your kente cloth, your gay lay, your grand booba, if you will denounce and repudiate and condemn Colin Ferguson, you should never utter the name of Nat Turner again from your mouth. Because Colin Ferguson is a modern-day Nat Turner. He didn't get on that train of his own. God put him on that train. God spoke to Nat Turner. God spoke to Denmark Vesey. God spoke to Colin Ferguson and said, I want you to catch the Long Island train today. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen again. Let the church say amen one more time. God spoke to Colin Ferguson and said, Catch the train. Catch the train. Catch the train today, Colin. The train going to Long Island. God sends tornadoes. Is that right? God sends hurricanes. Is that right? God sends earthquakes. Is that right? Well, that day God sent Colin Ferguson. Is that right? God sent Colin Ferguson. If your Holocaust lasted 10 years and ours lasted 500, how can you compare, buddy? If you lost six million and we lost six hundred million, that's a hundred times more than you. How can you compare, buddy? Huh? 
If you never lost your name, your language, your religion, your culture, your God, your folkways, your mores, your norms, and in most cases, they haven't lost your mind the way we have. How can you even compare? You are so arrogant. We wouldn't even have to have this kind of discussion if you would just act like a human being. But you can't act like a human being. You can't even act like a human being. We looked at white Germans killing white so-called Jews and other poor white Europeans. Poor meaning poor. We said, man, if the white man will kill another white man like that, if the white man will kill a white baby like that, if the white man will kill a white woman like that, hell, we don't stand a chance. If he will do his own like that, we don't even stand a chance. While we were there, I tried to separate Hitler from the rest of white folks. Yes, I did. For a moment. For a moment, I tried to say that Hitler was just some freak of nature. That he could be set apart from other white people. But then I said, where's the other one? Bring it out, Brother Steve. Four black men. They would sell tickets to burn us alive. They had raffle tickets to determine who would get the ear. Who would get the big toe from the right foot? Who would get the little toe from the left foot? And this freakish, no good, peckerwood, cracker, white man, they all fought over the male organ as to who would take that home. Don't lie and say you didn't. It's the same with your no good, freakish rabbi. I read it in the Jerusalem Post. I call out any of your scholars. I saw the little cracker that was in here a little while ago. What was Richard Cohen? Ran out of here like a screaming, flaming faggot. You hide behind these newspapers. I'm sorry, these Jews papers. You hide behind these Jews papers in these Jews rooms that you call newsrooms. And so you have the evening, six o'clock, the five o'clock Jews, I mean news. And the 10 o'clock Jews, I mean news. You wanna hide. We call you out to debate. Give us your best mind. Give us the best so-called Jew you got. Give us a whole team of them. Give us a whole a forum with nothing but your best mind. But you run from us. You hide from us. And I say to every black man in this audience, when the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gives the call sometime within a year or so for a million black men to converge on Washington, D.C., not to sing, we shall overcome, every black man should be here. And black woman, if you got a black man who won't go, you should make sure he gets out of the house.
You should make sure that he answers the call. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. I was in there honestly because of the spiritual qualities that are in the black man and black woman, God's chosen people. It operates in the revolutionaries, the freedom fighters, the revolutionary scholars, the revolutionary warrior students. It operates in all of us. I was actually trying to set Hitler apart from other white folks. But then I realized that I just couldn't do it. I say they sold tickets. They had excursions, caravans, train rides to see a major sporting event. A nigger lynched today. Two niggers lynched today. Three niggers, four niggers lynched today. Billie Holiday would sing the song of Bessie Smith, one of them about trees in the south with a strange fruit with blood at the root. This is the strange fruit. The black man, black woman, Billie Holiday. Take pregnant black women, bring them out in front of other black women, strip them naked. There in the Holocaust, you can stay right there, brother. Right in the Holocaust Memorial, they had piles of shoes, as though I was supposed to be impressed. And they said, well, over in Germany, we have just rooms full of shoes. They took all of the personals of these people from them. Wasn't that cruel? I said, God damn it, we didn't even have shoes. You can't pile no shoes up in a room for us because we didn't even have shoes. When they took us from Africa, they stripped us of our diamonds and our gold and our silver, our material resource, our spiritual resource, and our human resource. And when we came here, most of the time we didn't have shoes. We went barefoot. Huh? Stripped the black woman of whatever little tattered rag she had. Nine months pregnant. Tie up, tie horses to one leg, horses to the other leg, beat the horses, make them run in opposite directions until they rip and pull the black woman apart and the unborn black baby fall from her and a no good cracker would bring another black woman out, her stomach full nine months with the fruit of her womb, take his knife and stick it in her full stomach with the roundness of her stomach, rip it open and Stick his AIDS, syphilis, gonorrhea, hand inside and snatch the unborn black baby from her. Throw it to the ground and crush the baby's head with his boot heel. And make other pregnant black women watch so that the adrenaline of fear would cross its way through her veins and bathe her brains and touch the unborn life in her, hoping that the babies would be born. Afraid of a wicked, cruel slave master. Look at this no good bastard. And some of you want to integrate with him. I believe in freedom and independence. I believe in separation and independence. A nation of our own. That's right. A nation of our own. 
That's the book. Uh, some of you don't want to go nowhere. You want to stay right here with the white man. Freedom and independence. If the founding fathers of America could call for freedom and independence, under conditions that were nowhere near the conditions that we have been and are operating under today, why can't we call for freedom and independence? Our own flag, our own nation, our own government, our own laws. But most of you just want to intellectualize the subject. You think we can read our way out of this. You better read, but you better get up and get ready to get free. Most of you want to sing, we shall overcome. You better add another stanza, we shall overrun. Lift every voice and sing, but you better lift every fist and swing too. At the same time, if we're going to gain freedom and independence. I'm a soldier. I was born that way. I don't care about nothing else but that. But aren't you afraid that you are going to get killed? Jesus, the black revolutionary Messiah, said, He or she who seeks to save his life shall lose his life. And he who is willing to give his life for her life shall save their life. But I don't want to die for the cause. I'll kill for the cause. It's the only way we'll get free. But we've got a mighty God that is backing us up today, sending irregular rain, snow, hail, and earthquake, and confusing the government of the white man and the minds of the white man. The Catholic Church admitted their role in slavery. The so-called Jews want to lie. We just were 2% of the population. Don't make no difference what percent you were. 75% of you, two-thirds of you, according to your own Jewish census takers and statistics, were involved in the slave trade. I didn't say 75% of all the slaves were owned by the Jews. I said 75% of the Jews owned slaves. But you put a spin on it and a twist on it to make it seem ridiculous. Because you're just a liar and the truth is not in you. As Jesus says in the 8th chapter of the book of John, that you are of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, Jesus said, he's a liar and the father of the lie. And Jesus said that his word had no place. In the Jews, read John starting with the 8th the chapter, starting with the 31st verse, down, down to the 44th verse. And when I say Jesus up here, I'm not talking about no blonde haired blue-eyed, pale skin, buttermilk complexion, white Jesus. I'm talking about a black Jesus. That the Bible says would have nappy hair and his body would be like burnt bronze or brass as though it had been burnt in an oven. Give the white man his white Jesus back, put it in the garbage can, set it out on the corner, and let the garbage man pick it up and take it to the garbage dump. It's a form of spiritual genocide, a form of mental genocide and holocaust. Forty to fifty million holocaust survivors still in the death camps of America, still 
in the ghettos of America, still robbed of our names with Harry McGillicuddy, Jim Dandy O'Hoolahan, Abraham Lincoln Culpepper, Hattie May Hamburger with lettuce and tomatoes on the side, <laughs> robbed completely of a knowledge of ourselves, no other people in the annals of time have been so robbed and spoiled. The Bible said these are a people who are robbed and spoiled. They are snared in holes and hidden in prison houses. But we must rise up like rock. Rise up like rock. And take on a new life and take on a new birth. I say I criticize the Pope. I don't have any respect for the Pope. The hell you mean I called him a cracker? So damn what? The Pope don't like me. The Pope does not respect my leader and teacher, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He has no respect for the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and he is one of the perpetrators in our genocide and our current condition. You offer an apology? We're sorry. Everybody else gets reparation. Damn Jews get over 70 billion, over 100 billion. But you offer us an apology. <laughs> we are so sorry. No. Use your influence to get reparations for us. Use your influence to ease the debt that is strangling and choking the life out of African nations from the World Bank and the IMF and the other MFs. You say, and this is the first time you heard from me on this, and I think you should at a black holocaust observance. Well, you call for the death of the men, the women, the children, and the babies. Hell, you had heard that here at Howard University long before King College. Killing our men, our women, our children, and our babies in South Africa have killed them over a long period of time. And so I call for my people to stand up and fight back. And you have a problem with that? And because I said that we don't owe the white man nothing in South Africa. We give him 24 hours to get out of town by Sunday. I don't respect the process. I don't respect the elections process. You don't break in my damn house, bum rush my house, black boots stomp my door down, and then one day I gain the power to take my house back, and now we're going to hold a vote. And I'm so silly, you take the west wing of the house, you can take this wing over here, and any time a dispute comes up here, we will vote on it. One person in this house, one vote. That's a fool. No compromise in South Africa. We don't compromise with the white man in South Africa. You couldn't take America and then turn around and expect the white man to share it with you. Hell, he won't even share it with us when he promised us 40 acres and a mule in 1866 and then turned around and Andrew Johnson vetoed it. No Jew in here 
has to live under the yoke of bondage and oppression that we still live under and have lived under for the past 500 years. The first president of these United States, these United Snakes, I didn't call it that. Benjamin Franklin used to write in the newspaper. The flag, one of the early flags was a snake for America. When the Union was split, the snake was split up. And they talked about uniting the Union and putting the snake back together. So and they said, don't tread on me. That was on your flag, white man. So I call you the United Snakes of America. Because that's exactly what it is. As I near, as I near my conclusion here at the Jewish Holocaust Memorial, they talked about books that were a part of the education system under Hitler and talked about a little book called The Poison Mushroom. Well, hell, we got a book called Little Black Sambo. You telling me about a damn poison mushroom? Little Black Sambo. Dick and Jane were white. The milkman was white. The mailman was white. Huh? The fireman was white. The policeman was white. Mama was white. Daddy was white. The only one that had any black was Spot, and he was black and white. You got the little poison mushroom, but we got little black Sambo and many other books that poison the minds of black people here in the hells of North America. I have a few more points here, and we should be able to close out. We remember Emmett Till. We remember Cheney. We remember the Scottsboro Boys, as they called it. We remember the churches that were bombed then and your plot to bomb churches even today. We remember the Sunday school lesson in the church in Alabama being the love that forgives when you bomb the church. We witness De La Beckwith who killed Meredith, was his, well, Evers, who killed Medgar Evers, Brother Medgar Evers, and how long it took the so-called wheels of justice to finally get around because his widow, Sister Murley, didn't give up. But it's not justice for Dela Beckwith to go to prison. When we become a free and independent people, the only solution to the Dela Beckwith case would be that Dela Beckwith would be to be dead. That's the only way we can say that the blood of Medgar Evers is satisfied. We remember Birmingham. We remember Montgomery, Alabama. We remember the vicious dogs, and they showed this at the Jewish Holocaust Memorial, but we remember the vicious dogs that would actually leap into the chest of our women during these civil rights marches and bite their breasts off leap up into the groins of a black man and actually with sharp teeth bite his reproductive, regenerative organ off. Yes. We remember your cattle prods and your water hoses turning the water pressure loose on us. No holocaust. 
greater than this one. Don't even try it. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, after all of these lies, you deserve a break today. You deserve a break today. The white man has a frequent liar program. There's a frequent liar program, and he's always going to lie. But we must now document our own history. And as Dr. John Henry Clark has warned us, that we are the only people who have no monuments, no memorials set up for our dead, for our pain, for our suffering. So now these boot-licking Negroes in the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, or Caucus, I mean Caucus, who stood up to condemn me in the United States Congress, the first time in the history of the world that the United States Congress, and I got the congressional record and, li and looked at the debate that went on. Don Edwards from California took to the floor, they say, like James Madison, come back to life. And he warned Tom Lantos, the Jew, so-called Jew congressman from California who put the resolution on the floor, they warned them, if you do this, then the United States Congress is flying in the face of the First Amendment. Never before has the United States Congress condemned officially as an act of Congress one of its so-called citizens. The benchmark case of Justice Douglas in Terramello versus Chicago 1949 laid the base for what the white folks call free speech, but you can see it's not worth the paper that it's written on. The Senate condemned me 97 to zero. So we, Dr. Jeffries, want to bring our case against the Senate and against the Congress with their own law and violation of that law themselves and go after them that way. For we believe that we have strong grounds to stand on. So brothers and sisters, let us go forth from here. And as we go forth from here, let us build a greater cohesiveness and unity and love among ourselves. Let's build brotherhood, sisterhood, friendship and fellowship and sistership and brothership and get rid of the bullshit. I didn't say that other word. Let's get rid of the nigger mess and pull together and get away from this division and this unity that keeps us bowing at the feet of our enemy and oppressor who divides us and has conquered us and has put us in this condition. Brothers and sisters, I thank you for being as attentive as you have been. And I want you to stand just for a minute, just stand for a minute. Don't leave, everybody hold your position. I'm not. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has asked that we extend his greetings and support to Dr. Jeffries, to Dr. Martin, to Dr. Steve Coakley, to Brother Malik Zulu Shabazz, and everyone in attendance 
here tonight, and I want to extend that to all of you here tonight as I just received this note from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Let's give him a hand. Please hold your positions. Please hold your positions. We have one important thing that must be done, but I want to close this segment out. Put your black fists in the air. Everyone, put your fists in the air. We're going to close out my segment with seven Harambe. Harambe, as Dr. Maulana Karenga has taught us, means let us all pull together. It's only a demonstration, but we go six times. Harambe. We go back up. Harambe. But on the seventh one, we hold it. Harambe. All right, black fist in the air. Every time we bring this big black fist down, we're bringing it down on disunity. Every time we bring it down, we're bringing it down on the boot-licking, butt-licking, buck-dancing, bamboozled Uncle Tom's. Every time we bring this big black fist down, we're bringing it down on apathy so that we will stand up and do that which will bring us freedom and independence in accord with God's law. On the count of three, Jali Tu Harambe! 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 Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Instead of being a nigga in Carolina, rather be free man in hell. <laughs> Are you ready for this?
amazing. Gave up too easy. Mine too weak. See, niggas, niggas got to do better. Dead, wrap the mantle of the red, the black and the green around me. For in the new life I shall rise up with God's strength and blessings. To lead the millions of the heights and the triumph that you will know. Look for me in a world when there is storm. Look for me all around you. For with God's grace I shall come back with countless millions of black men and women who have died in America, those who have died in the West Indies, and those who have died in Africa to aid you in the fight for liberty, freedom, and life. Any leadership that teaches you to depend upon another race is a leadership that will enslave you. Any leadership that teaches you to depend upon another race is a leadership that will enslave you. They gave leadership to our four parents and that leadership made them slaves. But we have decided to find a leadership of our own to make ourselves free men. Our great scholars haven't passed through the colleges and universities have thrown away the blessed record. Babylon did it. Assyria did it, France under Napoleon did it, Germany under Prince von Bismarck did it, England under America under George Washington did it, Africa with 400 million black people can do it. If you cannot do it, if you are not prepared to do it, then you will die. You race of cowards. You race of imbeciles, you race of good for nothing. If you cannot do what other men have done, what other nations have done, what other races have done, then you have set a die. Can we do it? We can do it. We shall do it. We have prayed to God for vision and for leadership. And He has given us our universal vision. A vision that will not limit our possibilities to America. A vision that will not limit our possibilities to the West Indies. But a vision that said there must be a free and redeemed Africa. Christ to crucify, Christ to despise. We appeal to you for help, for succor, for leadership. When you endeavor to carry your burden of the heights of Calvary. When white men spawns you. When white men scorn you, when white men spat upon you, when white men pierce your side out of which blood and water gush forth, it was a black man in the name of Simon the Syrian who took your cross and bore it up the heights of Calvary. And now that we are bearing our burden of being so heavy, we just ask that you just help us all up the heights. Oh, yes, the cause is grand, the cause is glory. Surely we shall not turn back. Oh, Ceylon, 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 almighty ship of state, Ceylon. Ceylon until the flag of the red, the black, and the green is perched upon the hills of their Africa. Because the time has come for the black man to forget his hero worship of other races. And to create and emulate heroes of his own. We must canonize our own saints. Create our own martyrs and elevate the positions of fame and honor black men and women who have made a distinct contribution to our racial history. Sojourner Truth is worthy of a place of sainthood alongside the Joan of Arc. Christmas Harris and George William Garden are entitled to the halo of martyrdom with no less glory than the martyrs of any other race. 
To sample of it, your brilliancy as a soldier or a statesman outshone that of any other people. Hence, he's entitled to the highest place as a hero among men. Because Africa's created millions and countless millions of black men and women in war and peace, whose luster and bravery outshone that of any, any other people. So why not see good and perfection in ourselves? We must inspire our literature and promulgate the doctrine of our own without any apologies to the powers that be. That right is ours and God. Let sentiments and cross opinions go to the winds. We are entitled to our own opinions and are not obligated to or bound by the opinions of others. If others laugh at you, return the laughter to them. If they mimic you, return the compliment with equal force. Because they have no more right to dishonor, discredit you in manhood than you have in dealing with them. Honor them when they honor you. Disrespect and disregard them when they vilely treat you. Their arrogance is but skin deep. An assumption that has no foundation in morals or in law. They have sprung from the same family tree of obscurity as we have. Their history is as rude in its primitiveness as ours. Their ancestors were running wild in living in trees of branches like monkeys as ours. They made human sacrifices, ate the flesh of their own dead and wild meat from beasts for centuries, even as they have accused us of doing. Their cannibalism is more prolonged than ours. When we were embracing the, the banks of the, of the Nile, they were still drinking blood out of, their, out of the skulls of their conquered dead. After our civilization had reached the noonday of progress, they were still living in holes with bats, rats and other insects and animals. After we had already unfathomed the mystery of the stars and reduced the heavenly constellation to minute and regular calculus, there were still backwards men living in ignorance and in blatant darkness. The world is indebted to us for the benefits of civilization. They stole our arts and sciences from Africa. Then why should we be ashamed of ourselves? Their modern improvement. To be, re to be reflected and resurrected by our generation and our posterity. Why should we be discouraged if somebody laughs at us today? Who shall tell what tomorrow will bring forth? Did they not laugh at Christ, Moses, Muhammad? Was there not a, a Carthage, Greece, and Rome? So we see and have changes every day. So pray, walk, be steadfast, and be not dismayed. Because as the Jew is held together by his religion, the white race is by the assumption and the unwritten law of superiority. The Mongolian by the precious tie of blood. Likewise, the black man must unite in one grand racial hierarchy. Our union must know no clan, no nationality. But let us all hold together in every country, in every clime, making a racial empire upon which the sun shall never set. Let no voice but your own speak to you from the depths. Let no influence but your own rouse you in time of peace and time of war. Hear all, but attend only to that which concerns you. Your allegiance shall be to your God, your race, your country. Remember that the Jew in his political and economic origins are always first a Jew. The white man is first a white man under all circumstances, so you can do no less. Be black, buy black, think black, and all else will take care of itself.
let no one inoculate you with evil doctrines to suit his own convenience. Charity begins at home. So first to thyself be true, and thou canst not then be false to no man. Because God and nature first made us what we are. And out of our own creative genius, we make ourselves what we want to be. Follow always that great law. Let God and the sky be our limit and eternity our measurement. There is no height to which you cannot climb without the active intelligence of your own mind. Mind creates, and as much as we desire in nature, we can have through the creation of our own minds. And today, being scientifically the weaker race, you shall treat others only as they treat you. But in your homes and everywhere possible, you must teach the higher development of science to your children. And make sure, and make sure that we have a race of scientists par excellence. For in religion and science lies our only hope to withstand the evil designs of modern materialism. Never forget your God. Remember that we live, work, and pray for a binding racial hierarchy whose only natural, spiritual, and political limits shall be God and Africa at home and abroad. With one, with God's dearest blessings, I leave you for a while. One love. Brothers and sisters, Marcus, Mosiah, Harvey. to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or re a repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we are dealing in hate. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to? So much so that you don't want to be around each other. No, before you come asking Mr. Muhammad, does he teach hate, you should ask yourself, who taught you to hate being what God gave you? And I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough. If he were made to realize how black people really feel 
and how fed up we are without that old compromising sweet talk. Stop sweet talking him. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how, what kind of hell you've been catching and let him know that if he's not ready to clean his house up, if he's not ready to clean his house up, he shouldn't have a house. It should catch on fire and burn down.
This is coded language. The man is you, black man. The white man is not the man. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad says that the white man is mankind. He's a kind of a man who resembles in measure the real man, the original man. So when they say we go after the man, they mean that they go after the black man. You haven't forgotten Mark Furman, have you? Mark Furman in the O.J. Simpson trial said the policeman is God. He went on to say that there are times when we beat niggers. We beat Mexicans or Chicanos. We beat them until they shit in their pants. We beat them until they puke on themselves. We throw them down the stairs. And if we see a nigger riding in a car with a white woman, we move on that nigger right away. You haven't forgotten these things, have you? Stop letting these Negroes come in front of you. And these Negro preachers telling you that they're good ones. It's just a few rotten apples in the barrel. All of the bastards are rotten. There's not one good, as the Bible says, no, not one. Not one. You say, oh, that's ridiculous. You can't get dropped in a pit of snakes and trying to figure out which one has the venom sack under his tongue. This one is not poison. And that one is not poison. But now that one looks poison. And the very one you think is not poison will be the one to strike you and take your life. We're in the 21st century. Sister Tisha Miller is dead in California, sitting in a car, lying in a car, asleep, and four brute beasts take her life. Brother James Byrd in Texas, Jasper, Texas, dead because devils chained him behind their truck and dragged him until he was dismembered, leaving body parts all along the highway. Crackers are now all over the country, a rise in the Ku Klux Klan, a rise in the skinheads, a rise in the paramilitary right-wing organizations. Now they're just riding up on us, blowing us away in the streets at the bus stop. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, that there would come a day when the white man would be stripped of all signs of civility and we would see a raw, naked beast in the streets. This is a raw, naked beast now. And they are backed up by a raw, naked beast, Giuliani, Safer, and God damn it, Hillary Clinton ain't no better than no other cracker. You Negroes should quit it. You Negroes should stop it. Hillary Clinton is one of the biggest whores in Washington, D.C., and one of the biggest liars in Washington, D.C. The only problem with uh, uh, Monica Lewinsky and Bill was that Bill was messing with a woman that she had her eyes on. 
aren't you caught these devils? Why are you courting the devil in the year 2000? So you can be a big nigger. I'm the nigger that all the white folks, <laughs> all the white folks have to come by me. Because I is a big nigger. No, you are a little nigger. And in the 21st century, you shouldn't be a nigger at all. Stop playing games with the lives of our people just so you can poop in a seat in the Senate chamber or poop in a seat in the mayor's office or just poop anywhere just glad to be rubbed on the head by the peckerwood. This must stop. Negroes running around in the year 2000 talking about they had a near-death experience. That's what I said. And we got something for your behind in here tonight. I'm going to speak everything that is on my mind, and there better not be a damn person on the front row, the second row, the third row, who jumps up and holler, get out of my pocket. Get out of my pocket. And if you start running down one of these goddamn aisles, we will bury you right here in the Obera Dempsey Auditorium. Keep your behind in your seat. In fact about it, you better not even say pocket. We're going to speak the truth, regardless of whether you like that truth or not. We're in the 21st century. Our people are poor, hungry, ragged, naked, and out of doors. Our people are being murdered on a daily and consistent basis. And so you come saying you had a near-death experience. So you're a changed man now. You want to work with all races, all colors. You want to see atonement. If you said anything against any nation, any group, any ethnic group, all races should now come together and pray for world peace. Pray for world peace with the devil. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that not only is the white man a devil, but what? He is the devil. You mean you wait till we get to the year 2000 to start sweethearting with the devil? The Holy Quran says Allah will give you a devil for a companion. And that devil will lead you step by step to the chastisement of the burning flame. In his great and illuminating book, Message to the Black Man in America, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the white man was the devil yesterday, he's the devil today, and he'll be the devil tomorrow. That his nature won't allow him to be anything but the devil. The white man hasn't changed, you've changed. Well, it might be a strategy. You mean you will lie to our people for some cheap strategy? You will tell our people that the white man is your friend, that he's your brother, just for some cheap strategy? Many of our people across the country are almost to lose their mind hearing such wickedness coming from your mouth. 
the most honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us for 44 long years that separation is the best and only solution. The best and only solution. Tisha Miller, Brother Bird, Brother Amadou, Brother Louima, the countless others, shot 22 times, William Gavin, Jerry Lee Amy, shot 39 times, Eleanor Bumpers, shot Jerry Lee Amy, he's over six feet tall, the coroner's report, we have the pictures, bullet holes all on his shoulder, what does that mean? Doesn't mean that the cracker got on a stepladder and shot down. It means like Brother Amadou Jallo, they shot him while he was standing, shot him as he was falling, and kept shooting him even after he was on the ground because they were getting rid of a nigger. And you want to integrate with this beast. All of the speakers who have come, all of the books that's out there, all of the great teachers who have come to us, and you are like the scripture says, the dog returns to his own vomit. The sow once clean returns to the mud. Like a dog turning to his own, returning to his own vomit, God Almighty has blessed us to heave up a lot of the filth, the indecency, and the foolishness of wanting to integrate with the white man. And now you turn and lick up that which you have been blessed to heave up. And like a sow clean, you now go back to the mud to wallow in the mud. In the name of universal brotherhood. Understand they're bringing Wallace Muhammad to this year's Savior's Day. One of the biggest hypocrites ever to come up among black people in the history of the black nation. If you're with Wallace Muhammad and you don't like what I'm saying, it's best for you to get up and tip on out. We're not going to allow you to stand up and inter interrupt this meeting. We will remove you from the meeting. So if this bothers you, just get up and leave because we're going to speak the truth here. Wallace Muhammad destroyed the work of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He said when he spoke in Atlanta, Georgia, that if America is attacked by a Muslim nation or an African nation, that he would fight on the side of America. I'm not lying on him. They even printed the transcript in some back issue of the AM Journal. He went on to say that I'm not going to leave and go against my government, meaning America, for some foreign government, meaning Africa. This is a sick Negro. He brought in the American flag. Had Fourth of July parade floats dedicated to the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Wrongs, I mean the Bill of Rights, 
let the devil write in the holy house of Muhammad. The Bible speaks of the desecration and the standing, the desecration, standing, and the abomination. Brain computer kicked it out. The desecration and the abomination standing in the holy place. Huh? Another scripture speaks of damnable heresies that crept in among the righteous. And you Muslims, blind, deaf, and dumb, you know what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught. You know he did not teach you to integrate with the devil. And he knew, you know that he never told you to make the devil your friend and claim that you love the devil. We want freedom and independence. Not just no justice, no peace. Come on. Is that all we want? It's just a white man to treat us better? If you would shoot us 31 times, it'd be a little better, boss. Or 21 times, I wouldn't be so mad. But 41 times is an outrage. 11 times, boss. One time is too much. No justice, no peace. I'm not trying to diss you. I love you, and I have said it with you, and there are many among you, especially under the leadership of your chairman, that don't just say no justice, no peace, but you are for black nationalism. You are for pan-African nationalism, revolutionary nationalism. That makes a difference. The white man will never treat you right. After you bury one, you'll end up burying another one and another one and another one. Somewhere, a generation must be born that answers the white man. You shoot one black man 41 times, there must be a generation that shoots 41 crackers one time, center mass in the center of the head. You don't want to hear that kind of talk. You want to pick it. You want to boycott. You want to sing and chant and march in the snow and in the ice. The cracker already knew you were coming in the snow and the ice. He moved it from the Bronx. I don't give a damn how you turn your face up at me and how you move your eyes against me because you're the white man's nigger if you continue to try to hold on to this no good devil. I didn't come for an oratorical contest. I didn't come to say what you like. Somebody has to say something different to you. We can't do the same thing over and over and over and over and over goddamn again. When do you stand up? When? Four white cops in 81 seconds beat Rodney King 56 times in 81 seconds. We watched it on video.
and an amateur uh, person, cameraman, filmed it. We watched it every day. Is that true? We didn't have to ask how light it was. It. We didn't have to ask was it to the left or to the right or did he turn this way? Did he turn that way? We didn't have to ask how many times did they do this? We watched it on video. Did we? Did the jury watch it on video? Huh? They got life in prison, right? They got 25 years, right? 15 years, right? The state of California acquitted them. Four white policemen in California with Rodney King were acquitted. Coon, Powell, Brasino, and the boys. Then, a cracker gets beat damn near to death. Reginald Denny. What story did the white folks use in California? How does it differ from the story in the Bronx? These four bastards say that they shot Brother Amadou Diallo 41 times because they were afraid. We were afraid. You don't know how afraid the policemen are. We were afraid for our lives. He had a wallet in his hand. We thought it was a gun, they say. We don't even know if he had the wallet in his hand. The bastards probably took the wallet out of the brother's pocket and laid the wallet wherever they wanted it to be laid. Mark Furman, don't forget him. Mark Furman told you that the policemen always lie and change the circumstances. Huh? They change the report in their favor. Someone says outside the window, they heard them say, oh, shh. This is what we're going to have to say. This is what we're going to say. Some Negro gets on the stand. I believe it was today. Negro woman. Was she a Negro woman? Is that true? And say she heard him say, gun. Was that a black woman? How many saw it? Was it a black woman? I didn't see it. I'm hearing the report. That's what's wrong with you. On the streets, they say, it's only a fool that attempts to play by the golden rule in a crowd that won't play fair. It's only a fool that attempts to play by the golden rule in a crowd that won't play fair. You don't have any business going all the way up to Albany. I heard them say gun. Suppose they were saying gum, fool. You heard them say gun. Just the white man's nigger in the year 2000. They said they feared for their lives. They ultimately found a wallet, a beeper, and some keys. But they feared for their lives. What about the black men across the country killed by their white so-called friends? Out partying with them. Out drinking with them. And then when the party is over, when the drinking is over, they turn around and kill what they call the nigger. What about Jeffrey Dahmer? 
working at a chocolate factory in the daytime, eating what he called niggers at nighttime. Nigger nuggets at nighttime. The white man has laws to protect birds. Is that right? He has laws to protect other types of animals. He has laws to protect fish. If he hits a dog, many times he's sorry that he killed the dog. But he'll shoot a black man or a black woman or a black child and don't feel men beat the hell out of Reginald Denny, bust him in the head with a brick. I was happy. You had just beat up Brother Rodney King, four white cops over the black man, so God put four black over a white man. Came through in that big truck, sticking his finger out the window because the four white cops had just got off had just been acquitted, found not guilty. Black people weren't mean. The black people weren't racist. Black people feared for their lives. Cracker come through there in a big old damn truck, riding down the street, right through the black neighborhood, honking his horn and doing the finger out the window. They say they thought Rodney King was on PCP. Black people in the black community, when Reginald Denny came through the white boy, they thought he was on that PCP. They thought, this crack has got to be crazy, coming through here doing this. So it says they took him from the truck. They showed on some video them hit him in the head with a brick or something. They say Rodney King, they kept beating him 56 times in 81 seconds because he wouldn't lie down. And they were afraid. He kept getting up, and they thought he was on that PCP. The brothers didn't just viciously beat the white boy Reginald Denny. He wouldn't lay down. He kept getting up. And they thought he was on that PCP. So they only tapped him a little bit with that big brick to subdue him so they could turn him over to the proper authorities. You say, but that's not fair. What about the black man? I'm not for holding up for black evil, nor white evil. What about the black man that ran from the sidewalk and was seen going through his pockets and took his wallet from his pocket and then ran with his wallet? You can't tell me, Khalid Muhammad, that you condone that. Of course I condone it, because I know what happened. You want to know what happened? The brother ran over from the sidewalk, went in his pocket. It wasn't robbing him. He got his wallet to see what kind of identification he had so that he could make a positive ID. And he looked in his wallet saw what he had in his wallet. He said, oh, 
is Mr. Reginald Denny. You say, but why did he run off with the man's wallet? He ran off with the man's wallet looking for the nearest pay telephone so that he could call the authorities and tell them, Mr. Reginald Denny, a white man, is here in the black community. He's on that dangerous PCP. We have had to subdue him here and hold him down in the streets until someone could get here. Look at me like that. I don't give a damn about you looking at me like that. You will never stop the white man from killing you until you start killing some white folks. You will never stop the white man from beating you until you start beating some white folks, killing them in self-defense, beating them in self-defense. 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 Oh, I know what to say, cracker. Raise up off of me. I know what to say. I knew what I was saying at the Million Youth March. Wait, some of you Toms got mad with me? Self-defense. Caskets must roll in the white community. As they roll in our community. You must learn to empty your clip in self-defense, black man, on somebody other than another black man or a black woman. I'm talking about fighting, killing, bleeding, and dying for freedom. Malcolm said the price of freedom is death. There is no freedom singing, doing poetry, getting the flu, getting arrested by appointment. Baby, make sure you have dinner ready. I shouldn't be at over there at the jail, but a little while you have dinner ready, I'll be on home. The white man laughs at you. Before he does it, he says, look, this is what the niggas gonna do. They gonna do this, they gonna do this, they gonna do this, and they gonna do that, because that's what they always do. Do I have to protect my wife at home? I'm one of the four cops that shot Brother Amadou Diallo 41 times. Do I have to protect my wife at home? Am I afraid that somebody's going to catch her at the supermarket and kill her and my little blue-eyed baby? No. I ain't got to worry about that. Black people ain't going to kill nobody but each other. That's what the white man said. Black people ain't going to fight nobody but each other. And then these Negroes, afraid to even be with me, scared to goddamn death to be with me. And if you're with me, you're buck dancing all the damn time. Everything you have heard that the white man said against me or charged me with, you got your fat behind out there buck dancing. I'm here. Eyes is here. But I'm, I'm not against white. I'm here, but I ain't against gays. I'm here, but I ain't against Jews. I'm here, I ain't against nobody. That's pitiful in the year 2000. That's absolutely pitiful. It's pitiful. 
What about freedom and independence? Have you considered freedom and independence? Have you considered a nation of your own? You say, that's hard. The white man is not going to just give us a nation. He ain't going to give you no justice either. Volpe going to prison is not justice. The devils who killed James Byrd in Jasper, Texas, that's not justice. Justice is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and a limb for a limb and a life for a life. That's justice. Look at this beast in Las Vegas, our little baby, seven years old, little sister Sharice, little baby at the arcade there. She goes in, the beast goes in behind her and molests her and then kills our little seven-year-old baby. It's not justice for him to go to prison. Don't tell me about these devils. What's the woman named Leslie Abramson? No good devil. She was his attorney. She couldn't get him off completely, but she kept him from giving him the death penalty. I heard her say yesterday that I really like this young man. I really care about him. How could you really like him? I'm talking to you now. How could Leslie Abramson like him? after he did what he did to our little seven-year-old baby. And don't tell me nothing about the prosecutor, Eric Warner or whatever his name is, in Albany. Huh? That's right. He's just going through the motion. First, in his opening statement, the cracker says, I don't believe that these four black policemen left home with Huh? I'm sorry. I don't believe. I'm sorry. I don't believe we don't have any black ones like that. We need some like that. I don't believe he said that these four white policemen, these four white policemen left home with the intent to kill Mr. Giallo. Only way they didn't leave home with the intent to kill Amadou Giallo is they didn't know him. But any nigga will do. They have inner circles, clans. The clan no longer wears white robes and white sheets and pillowcases and all that madness. You can wear a blue uniform and kill a nigga and it's justifiable homicide. You can outright murder a black man or woman or child and it's justifiable homicide. Black man, we must stand up. We must stand up. Many black women are wondering when we are going to stand up. <laughs> this Barnum and Bailey circus has to end. Where are we playing these games? I'm back to the games. Playing games to be seen to be liked. All kind of devils now crawling out of the woodwork backing you up now. This devil coming, that devil coming. Let me tell you, 
If you are really for the liberation of your people, devils ain't going to come out of the woodwork backing you up. I don't give a damn what you say. These cold-blooded beasts are not going to come out to back you up. In fact, they're not going to even cover what you do. The only reason the beasts cover the Million Youth March is because it's a strategy to kill the attendants, kill the crowd, vilify the leader of the march, and frighten the hell out of you to keep you from coming. As soon as the march is over, I could stand butt naked on the city hall steps with a picture of Giuliani in my hand and safer in the other hand. And you probably wouldn't see no camera coverage or newspaper coverage. The white man chooses who he wants to cover. Some Negroes are more acceptable than other Negroes. You don't help a black revolutionary promote a black power, black revolutionary movement. The white man ain't crazy. You give the people a softer alternative and you make them think that's what you should be doing. You say, well, we can't just do nothing. I don't say stop doing some of the things that you're doing, but you must be doing something else other than that. Didn't you do it for everybody that I named and some of the others who were murdered that I didn't name? Did you get any better results? Come on, brothers and sisters. The time is now for us to stand up on the legacy of the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, to stand up on the legacy of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, to stand up on the legacy of Old Testament Malcolm, not New Testament Malcolm, Old Testament Farrakhan, not New Testament Farrakhan. I'm not afraid to teach it. You've shot me down like a dog before, but I didn't die. I intend to stand for the liberation of my people. If you want to take my life, you've got to bring a life this time in order to take a life this time. they got specific instructions everywhere we go. If that breaks out anywhere we go, that you are not to leave the room alive. Whoever it is must die. You must not go to court. You must not go to jail. You must die for trying to silence the voice of black power, black nationalism, and revolutionary pan-Africanism. We must put that back on the agenda. Integration is taking over. I hear the Million Family March now is going to be for all races, all colors, and they're going to have a, a mass marriage, interracial marriage. Anybody that's out there, if you're in the crowd, if you get married, hell, you're going to get married. Sisters going to get married to devil men. Huh? But I mean, it shouldn't be under the voice of a conscious and righteous occasion. Say they're doing that now. Brothers will get married to white women. Whoever is in the crowd gets married. And not only will sisters get married to white men, 
but some sisters would get married to white women. And some brothers would get married to white men. Did I say sisters with white women? Brothers with white men? Whoever's getting married gets married. Then an integrated homosexual couple will go out saying, I got married at the Million Family March. What happened to the voice of Elijah Muhammad? What happened to Elijah? Elijah taught you black man and black woman that the very elect of God would be deceived. That the dragon would sweep up a third of the stars of heaven with his tail. And that the very elect, I repeat, of God would be deceived. Oh, brother, my brother, my brother, my sister, cannot you see that in New York we should be the example for the world? A mass movement, black power movement should be formed in New York here in the year 2000. Poor, blessed Sister Kariatu, Sister Kariatu Jalo. I looked at her and cried, not just because of the loss of her son, but I looked at that blessed, beloved mother, and I almost cried because, and on another occasion, the, occasion, the tears did come, because I heard her say, how much she believes in the justice system of white America and how Brother Amadou dreamed of America and had hopes in America. He loved America. The white man is the devil, brothers and sisters. That's not rhetoric. That's 100% right and exact. He is the devil. He cannot change. And he can only deceive you and take you down with him. Come on, brothers and sisters. This book, if you are Christian, this book, and I got a white one. This book warns you Satan, the devil, like a roving lion, goes to and fro, to and fro, seeking whom he can devour. It talks about the deception of the serpent, of the snake. All of this is talking about him. It talks about a people blessed that are certainly black, but the scripture talks of them under a hidden symbolism that they are deaf, dumb, and blind, robbed of a knowledge of self, hard to lead in the right direction and easy to lead in the wrong direction. The prophecies are being fulfilled right before your eyes, brothers and sisters, and you won't stand up. And the babies that you have produced, black woman and black man, are just as dead as you are. And certainly, maybe not any of you who are here, maybe that's the ones who didn't come. 
None of you here, maybe. But look at the generation. Rappers who could raise the youth up overnight. If you can make them turn their caps around backwards. If you can make them wear their pants down to here that it shows the crack of their private parts. If you can make them look sloppy. If you can make them talk filthy and low down and degenerate. If you can make them disrespectors of the black woman. If you can make them talk about the murder and the killing of another black man or another black woman. And by the same token, you can make them respectable and decent and upright. Listen to your lyrics. You tell me, die, nigga, die, nigga, die, nigga, die. How come you can't a white woman, the real bitch or bitch in your music? Because you're scared of the white man. And the rest of you. I ain't running no rappers out, am I? I don't want the rappers to run from the truth. I want them to run to the truth. Brother's divine. Our brother didn't come, did he? Okay. Well, I want to handle him a certain way, but I want to teach the truth when he's here. We were expecting a couple of brothers here tonight. A couple of rappers and sisters, brothers, whatever, whatever, whatever. Everybody. You go to church, the preachers are mealy mouth, milk toast, fella. You don't teach that Jesus was a revolutionary. You don't teach that Jesus was a black revolutionary. You don't teach that Jesus is coming back with ten thousands of the saints of the Most High to make war with the beast. But it's in your Bible, but you don't teach it. You don't teach that America is the modern Babylon and that Babylon is fallen, is fallen. She has become the habitation of devils, the whole of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. The preacher has fallen down on his duty. The rapper has fallen down on his duty and her duty. The teacher is afraid. Sister shouldn't have to worry in her classroom that she's bringing someone to the classroom. That's what the classroom is for. The classroom is for being exposed to different ideas, different philosophies, and different doctrines, and exploring them, studying them, and then coming to, after careful, critical analysis, coming to some reasonable and intelligent decision. But you must be exposed to those doctrines, those philosophies. The teachers, many have fallen down. Principals are scared to death. Don't be a chancellor or president of a university and you're a Negro. Black schools, they used to have a t-shirt say the, the, uh, the black of the college, the sweet of the knowledge. No, not true. Most black students have to fight with their black president and the black faculty of Negro institutions just to have black studies on campus. I'm talking about where we are in the year 2000. We got to get away from this. Church full of white Jesus. 
white angels, white disciples, a white doctrine and a white theology. Come on now. A white doctrine and a white theology. You go to the mosque or the masjid. You got a white theology. Huh? You don't want nothing to do with Elijah Muhammad. Some of you who are Sunni. Elijah Muhammad was no Muslim. Elijah Muhammad taught all that black stuff. The stuff for Allah. Stuff for Allah. I'm with the white prophet Muhammad. He taught universal brotherhood. Well, you can't find it nowhere in the world. Ain't no universal brotherhood. Everybody has their foot on the neck of the black man and the black woman. Everywhere all over the world. In Muslim country. In Christian country. It makes no difference. Socialist, capitalist, all of them. I try to drive these points into your heart, into your head. And so you put people out there and leave them out there. And you are cheerleaders behind the scenes. I run into so many people on the street. They all want to hug me. They all want to kiss me. And they all, all, many of them, not UAM's members, not UAM, but some of the others, they see me and they're running while they speak to me. Brother, good to see you, brother. Good to see you. But you keep up the good work now. You keep up the good work. I say, brother, I need your help. Sister, I need your help. You got me? You got me? This is the year 2000, we think. <laughs> this is the 21st century, we get. You got to stop being cheerleaders. You got to be sincere. You're complaining over the crackers taking over Harlem. We could unite. They could have kept the cracker out. That's right. That's right. Oh, yes, we could have. Yes, sir. You let the vendors be run off of 125th Street. Right. Now the devil is putting up shopping malls. Navy. Starbucks. Huh? Pathmark. This kind of devil, that kind of devil. McDevils. Wrong age. Come on. We've had too many teachers in New York. Uncompromising teachers. Carlos Cook. By Black. They boycotted 125th Street. You pass right by the boycott. Insult the vendors and walk out right in and buy from the cracker. Calvin Butt, somebody said. Wrote his name. Another one of them Negro preachers. I know some of you go to Abyssinian, but I wouldn't tell nobody. 
As I've said before, you know you can't trust a nigga named Butts. You know you can't trust a nigga named Butts. My name was Butts. I would have changed my name a long time ago. And you're the pastor of Abyssinian. Why not have an African name? Huh? You still good fellow Willie nigga in the year 2000. Why am I on Calvin Butts? Because he's always buck dancing and selling out and double crossing. He brought Farrah Khan in for the Million Youth March, had him at the church. Then the next few weeks, he was criticizing Farrah Khan because the white folks must have got on the nigga. He called Giuliani a racist, and all of you act like that was great. He called him a racist. So what? Then he turned around and apologized and hugged the beast. These buck dancing niggas, these niggas, plantation niggas, call him a racist, wasn't even, which wasn't really too bad. You could have let that stand. Wasn't too bad. Call him a racist and then turn around and hug him. And the old devil pat the nigga on the head. Say, you a good nigga. You my nigga, Calvin. Now you going on back to Abyssinian, boy. And I don't want no more trouble out of you, Calvin. No, sir. But can I get a little bit more on my stove? I want to set up a little housing, boss. Can I get a little something for that? You behave yourself, Calvin. Oh, Floyd Flake, all them niggas. Don't the whole Congressional Black Caucus, when they brought up Sister Sada Shakur, being uh, extradited back here from Cuba. These Negroes, Brother Baba Tunde and Sister Naya Arende and Brother Herman Ferguson with Nation Time and Sister Viola Plummer and Brother Omawali and others with the December 12th movement. They exposed them Negroes in the Congressional Black Caucus who voted against Asada or didn't vote at all. Even had a Negro that used to be a panther. Negro named Bobby Rush, Congressman Bobby Rush, in the same city, Chicago, where Fred Hampton and Mark Clark was, murdered by this beast. And Bobby Rush didn't even vote for Asada Shakur. Come on, brothers and sisters. I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. But we are deaf, dumb, and blind. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said we should accept nothing less than a nation of our own and some of this land and some of this good earth that we can call our own. Free to land, he said. Free to land. Some of you don't even want to think of having a nation of your own anymore. Death row full of us. Penitentiaries full of us. Mumia, Shaka Sankofa, huh? Fred Hampton Jr. Not on. Not all. There are others spread throughout the jails and prisons. Sundiata, Mutulu, Sekou, Eddie Conway. 
Rochelle McGee. I'm saving him for last. Rochelle McGee. I'm running all over the country. I'm saving him for last. That's right here and that's personal. Because I got to answer a few of you silly ones in the audience, so I got to bring up Patrice Peterson. All over the country, our political prisoners are there, locked down, some on death row. And now we get to the Million Youth March and Patrice Peterson. Some of you silly Negroes, some of you who are here, silly Negroes running around, and some of you standing up scared to talk about me openly. Some were bold enough to call my name. Others, these nigger preachers, will beat around the bush. Some of the, there's some people who ought to be involved that ain't involved. We involved, and we doing this, and we doing that. But some of the ones who really ought to be involved ain't involved. You don't know the story. Do you want to know the story? When Patrice Peterson, who is very definitely a political prisoner, when Patrice Peterson, who is very definitely one who showed great courage in standing up against those beasts at the Million Youth March on Malcolm X Boulevard, in 1998, when Patrice Peterson was first arrested, I had never met him before, didn't know him from nobody, but loved him for standing up and fighting those crackers even with a chair. So never having met him before, I got a preacher at one of the churches, pulled together some of our people. Ray put up the first thousand dollars myself and raised nine more thousand dollars in that one night, one night, same night, ten thousand dollars. Went and visited him in jail. Then took the cash money because I didn't want no hang-ups. I know how to do it, having been the supreme captain of the Fruit of Islam, captain, lieutenant, squad leader, section leader. I went there with the cash money so the devil couldn't say, well, we can't accept this kind of check and we, we can't do this and do you have that? Cash. Went in and counted out $10,000. Cash. Waited for him no matter how long it took, how many hours. Waited for him myself so that I could walk him out of that door myself. Walked him out of the door. Then took him to him and his lady to dinner. Then we started planning different strategies. Then went and got three lawyers free for one Patrice Peterson. Three lawyers. One had to shut down his practice in D.C., but under me talking to him and him having confidence in me, shut it down and came here to represent Patrice Peterson. The other one was attorney Tanya McClary, lawyer for the NAACP at the time. We got her. Anthony Mack, we got him. Three lawyers for one Patrice Peterson. No money. I was in the courtroom every day for you niggas who are now asking, well, where is he now? I'm going to tell you why I'm not there now. Where is he now? I went every day. Those of you who were there, you know I was there every day. And when it was over, we then went 
and took out, we didn't have a lot of money, took out little nickels and dimes and got food and broke it off and shared it with each other and ate every day. Me and the three lawyers tried to get Patrice Peterson to come with us every day to work on his own case. He never had time. Sometimes we stayed up until 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning working on his case. I don't mean sometime. I mean every day was a late day because we were up working on the case every evening, every night. One of the lawyers lived way in New Jersey. Another one lived, as I said, in D.C. Another one lived somewhere else, holding them together, staying on them, sitting directly in front of the witness. Some people say that every witness that got up there that I would write a little card and tell them what to say. They ask them a question, I'd write, no. That's what they say I did. They say I would write, yes. What time? So-and-so, they say I would write the time and hold it up. Prosecutor got mad. We had a hung jury. We had a hung jury on that one. When we came out of there, I didn't hear from Patrice Peterson for a year. Never got a phone call. If my relatives would have got me out, I would have called them and said thank you. If one of my friends would have got me out, I would have called them and said thank you. So certainly if somebody who don't even know me raised $10,000 and get me out and visit me in jail and then go to court for me every day, then pull three lawyers together, then stay up with them half of the damn night in my behalf and I never have time, I would at least call them one time. But you ain't even got to the good part yet. I don't believe he deserves, I know he doesn't deserve to be locked up. But this is a criminal, criminal justice system. He does not deserve to be there. So I heard that Judge George Daniels, the black judge, was a personal friend of former Mayor David Dinkins. And that he knew Al Sharpton and may know Attorney Maddox. So then, Brother Patrice had been found guilty by the jury, predominantly white. So I said, before sentencing, maybe we can still save him. So I called one of our chairwomen. She's on another assignment up in Albany now, Sister Gigi. We got on the phone, and another sister who was in here a minute ago, and somebody else. I said, look, we need to get to... Reverend Al Sharpton, we need to get to David Dinkins. If they know this judge, before he sentences Brother Patrice, maybe they can speak to him, not to break white law or nothing, but maybe they can speak to him and he'll get community service or something, or just a short, short time or something. I say, but I think it's wise. Now listen to me so you'll know that your foolishness ain't nothing but foolishness and that you're not a wise strategist. I said, Dickens ain't going to do nothing with me. And Sharpton is scared of me. To be around me in front of too many white folks. As I said, without buck dancing or denying. And, I never done Sharpton like that. Never. I never say, I can stand with Reverend Sharpton. I never say that and then make apologies. I can stand with him, but I'm... I'm not for wearing wires. 
I'm not for being an undercover police. I'm not for being a snitch. I never say that because I can't prove that. And that's my brother. And if he did that, I believe that he's done enough good to exonerate him from that. So I support him where I can. But it would be wrong for me to stand with him every time I'm on a program. And because I know that it is sad that he did all of those things, for me to always say, I'm with Reverend Sharpton, but I don't wear no wire. I'm with Reverend Sharpton, but I ain't never worked with the police. I'm with Reverend Sharpton, but I ain't never been undercover. I'm with, I don't do that. So don't stand up and say, I'm with Khaled, but I'm not against white. That's right. I'm not against gays. That's right. I'm not against, God damn it, if you got to do all of that, sit your ass down and don't come up on the goddamn stage. Don't even stand with me. If you got a buck dance every goddamn time you stand. A phony ass friendship. Never been invited to the house of justice. I'll be back to Patrice Peterson in a minute because some of this took place at the house of justice last night. Oh, no good behind Hillary Clinton, house of justice. Bill Bradley, house of justice. Ask him if he was for reparations. And if Cracker stood right up and looked everybody in their eye, didn't miss a beat, didn't hesitate, say, I will not support a reparations bill. Should have run that bastard out of there right then. You couldn't have gone in no so-called imposter Jews synagogue. You couldn't have gone in one of their B'nai Brith buildings. You couldn't have gone in what they call their anti-defamation league building and stood up there and told them, that you are not for a major plank of the Jewish cause. When I say Jewish, I mean they're not the Jews, they're Jewish. They wish they were the Jews. You didn't run that cracker out of there. Some of the Panthers, that's the night that Bill Perkins did all that crazy stuff. Bradley came out and the youth bum-rushed him to ask him questions. The cracker ran to his limousine. Oh, it's car and got away. All these Negroes have been invited there. Old uh, Benjamin Chavis. Negro who went to the ADL when the president, the vice president, the senate, the congress, the pope, and everybody was on me for King College. He called him. It's in the books written on Minister Farrakhan's life and other documentation. He calls Abraham Foxman of the ADL and tells him that he... He, he thanks him for putting a full-page ad in the Sunday New York Times against me. Benjamin Chavis then told him, we didn't realize it was that serious. Thank you for opening our eyes. In fact, I'm speaking tonight at the Smithsonian Institute. I'm sending you a copy of my speech right now, condemning Khalid Muhammad. And it gives you a text of Chavis' speech that he delivered at the Smithsonian Institute saying that I was the most violent and vile, racist, and anti-Semite. Uh, it was a slap in the face to Malcolm and Martin Luther King and Viola Luizo and Swerner and Cheney and Goodman. So Ben Chavis has been there. Every boot-licking Negro, every cracker you can imagine has been to the House of Justice. Only time I've ever been to the House of Justice is when I go on my own, when I used to go on my own, to sit down and talk. A friendship is two ways. 
I mean, I'm not no mistress. I'm not your girlfriend. I'm 100% black man. Black God. You my friend if ain't nobody around. Uh, close that door. Don't let nobody see us. So it was there that they say last night a lot of this was going on. So I said, look, I said, if Dinkins is going to help, brother, I want Brother Patrice free, on the ground, out of that devil's dungeon, out of his clutches. I ain't got no ego involved in that. I said, it's best for me to hide in the background. Sister Gigi, call Reverend Sharpton. Sister Gigi, see if Reverend Sharpton will give you the number to David Dinkins or if he'll talk to Dinkins for you. And go and talk to Attorney Maddox and see if he'll talk to Dinkins for you. And if they will talk to the judge and see if the judge will cut brother some slack. But I say, I know Sharpton ain't going to work beside me. So I need to stay out of the way so it'll be easy for them to work. I said, I know Dinkins won't do it. It'll be easier for them to work if I'm out of the way. I know the judge ain't going to do nothing. Because he's a nigger also. And I know he ain't going to do nothing. So I'll stay out of the way. So maybe these Negroes plus Attorney Maddox. I didn't say he was a Negro. That's the Negroes in one category. And Attorney Maddox in a totally different category. And that ain't, hey, hey, hey. And that ain't because I'm here. I have come here where I had heard things come out of here and dealt with them straight from your podium and your rostrum. But Alton Maddox does not go in the category with Sharpton and Dinkins by no stretch of the imagination. If, no, I'm letting you know that I ain't buck dancing for you. If I felt he did, goddammit, I'd stand right in your face and tell you and collect the money you're paying me after it's over. And if you wanted to keep it, I'd tell you, keep your goddamn money. Now, so that's why you haven't seen a man who was there every day the last time and walking the streets blocks and blocks to get, find some place where we could sit down because they at the NAACP office was trying to put us out. They didn't want Tanya bringing us in there working on Patrice's case. We'd have to sneak in there sometimes. We had to try to find another place sometimes. This was every day we did, did this. So that's why you haven't seen me. Give me the benefit of the doubt. Don't run your mouth on me. They're running around making people think you bad. I'm going to tell him tomorrow night. College should be here. He's the one that's over the march. Why ain't he here for Patrice? I'm there for him by being absent this time. That's how I'm there. We say, well, ain't he a panther? Brother Patrice Peterson is not a member of the new Black Panther Party for self-defense. He said he wanted to be a member, and he never showed up. And when he did show up, these brothers were all, and sisters, these sisters and brothers were working, building chapters all over. And he got angry and took his patch and ripped it off his uniform. How many in this room know that our Panthers know I'm telling the truth? Put your fist in the air if you know I'm telling the truth. If you're on the stage here. 
ripped his patch off of his uniform. Well, we don't care about that. We're trying to get him free. That's right. But don't you talk something you don't know. Right. He's welcome to be a panther. He needs some discipline in his life. That's right. And he seems to love me and respect me and look up to me. I'm one of the few people that can halfway kind of reason with him. And I love him. But I ain't for no foolishness. So if you rip your patch off your uniform in front of the members, just rip it from your, you can't do that in the white man's army. You know you can't do that in the white man's army. So all of this is what you didn't know. We must build our own banks, schools, restaurants, factories, industry, textile mills. We must form an African United Front, and we must arm ourselves for self-defense. We must do what? Arm ourselves for self-defense. For self-defense. I'm not talking about going out just killing white folks indiscriminately. I'm talking about defending ourselves. We must arm ourselves for self-defense and learn how to handle those weapons. Those are the few things that I wanted to share with you here tonight. These young brothers and sisters who, uh, some of them who are here with us tonight with the new Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, let's give them a strong black hand. I'm closing out now. They come to help. They come to help wherever they go. And if you accept them, if they make the decision, the different chairmen and chairwomen of the different chapters that they are coming to your event, they come simply to help. And if you welcome them and they've made the decision to be there, they will help you. If you don't want them there, just let them know That's right. and they will leave. We won't get angry with you or anything. And we have some members that go between the party, Panther Party, and other organizations. We don't stop them from doing that. We let you make up your mind naturally the way you want to. I thank Brother Alton Maddox and my family here at the United African Movement. I guess I've hit on just about everybody that I thought needed to be hit on. Huh? Oh, Jesse Jackson, he's just, ain't nothing, Jesse Jackson, ain't nothing to say about Jesse. Mm -hmm. Nothing to say. Huh? Yeah, they ready for me to go. So, brothers and sisters, I wanted to take at least one or two questions, so I'll stop at this point, as I thank you for being as attentive as you have been. Black power! Black power! Black power! Black power! Is there one question or two? If not, we'll close it out right here. We don't have time. We don't have time. Oh, yes, ma'am. Shh. Who are you? I think everybody that was out last night know that I spoke up for Brother Peterson last night, and I called my brother's name right here. Uh, I spoke to 
The sister that you said you went out to dinner with tonight, I spoke with her tonight. But I don't want to have um, Peter, uh, Peterson's uh, wife, the one that you, did you, no, you said you went out with her when you uh, came up out of the jail with him, right? But anyway, I don't want to have a public fight with you. I may be uninformed, but we got to talk, we got to dialogue, because I, I, I know I'm on the same page with you. You know, I know that it ain't no different than me and you, and I don't come out here to fight with you, just to basically deal with the issues. Because, you know, you spoke about him taking off his fast and stuff. I know that 98% of the people that was after me and uh, Youth March was not Black Panthers. I know, you said, no, because you said because he threw off his patch and because he ripped off his patch and everything. But basically what my concern is about the pill. The bottom line is, is that the brother's in jail right now, and technically speaking, he's facing three years. I understand that he does not have an attorney. I understand that it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to deal with this appeal. I understand from his mate that you have not came to her and talked to her and, and, and addressed her concerns in regard to the appeal and how her man is getting out of jail. And that's the issue that I was dealing with. Okay, well that means you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I've got to say it. You got, well, you stood up here and said it, so I'm going to deal with it here and after it's over with you if you choose. Sister, you had no business going into Al Sharpton's house and raising my name in a negative way and don't know what the hell you're talking about. I should be behind the scene. If you're not a fool, you understand why I'm behind the scene. If the judge is black and the judge may be able to do something and Deacons is his personal friend, Khalid Muhammad should move back behind the scene. You silly as hell. Sit down. Silly as hell. That's silly as hell. How many don't see that that's a wise strategy for me not to be jumping out there in front of the judge profiling so I can be seen? Shh. Hold one second. Hold one second. Hold one second. Hold one second. How many of you understand that if Deacons has to talk to this black judge, I shouldn't be there. I have never heard Deacons say one good thing about me. So it's better... Sister, the only way to help him is to get to the judge now. He's been convicted. He's been sentenced. Before he was sentenced, we tried to get to the judge. Now we're trying to get to the judge. I shouldn't be involved in that process. I'm the one who got him out to begin with. Had three lawyers for him. I didn't hear you say nothing about that. What do you mean where he is right now? This is family. Wait, this is, this is family. It's all right for it to go like this. Hell, you can't have a tippy-toe meeting every time. God damn it, if you're that interested in getting him out, you get him out. If you're that interested in getting him out, you do what I did the first time. You go get him a lawyer. I got him three. You get him one. You're not that damn interested in Patrice Peterson. Stop lying. I love you, brother. And I want you to close out for me. My friend. I can't. Our sisters and brothers, we had a good time tonight, didn't we? All right? We had a lot of education. We had a lot of... Wait, wait, sisters and brothers. Wait, sisters and brothers. We're going to show our love. We're going to show our love for our guests. 
Let's have it for Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad. to close out for us. I think it's fitting. And we're going to ask Dominic Carter to join us from the Witness Protection Program and all those others. Please wait a minute. We're going to have a traditional closing by our brother, Dr. Abdul Khalid Khalid Muhammad. Okay. Um, we're going to bid our ancestors good night. We're going to wish each other safe passage. And let us always remember, we are an African people, stolen from our homeland, robbed of our history, robbed of our language, robbed of our religion, robbed of our entire culture, robbed of our womanhood, our manhood, our selfhood, and our self-respect. But we're all going to rise. Never to fall again. Up, you mighty, beautiful race. We can accomplish what we will. No justice. No peace. No justice. No peace. No justice. No peace. Double digit value.